week will be a how scary is that? So, first couple of weeks, obviously finding your feet. I think everybody has got their head around most things now. Um, if you've not, we'll do a little kind of question and answer thing at the end that you can ask any questions. But this week, so we've got nutrition sorted, you've all been in the gym, you've all been training, um, you're getting your steps in. So we've got like the mechanics of it sorted. So this week is a bit more mindset based. And this, if you embrace this week, so I know like the nutrition and everything, it's all dead exciting doing the workouts. But if you do the mindset work, then you're onto an absolute winner. So we've done a few of the kind of self-limiting beliefs on the group this morning about how, what you believe is true of yourself or what you're capable of. And I can give you a million examples in the gym of people um, who told me they couldn't do this and they couldn't do that. Um, and are doing amazing things this year. Last year, we had people doing McTuff Challenge. We had them walking Glen Cole. We had High Rocks. We had so many things that people said, oh, I can't do that. And then when I gently persuaded, stroke bullied, stroke forced them into doing it, they suddenly realized that they could. So sometimes other people will see things in you that you don't see in yourself. And I think we all kind of acknowledged on the group this morning that we're so hard on ourselves. We really are. And if we spoke to anybody else the way that we speak to ourselves, for example, if you spoke to me the way you speak about yourself, if you said those same things to me, probably wouldn't like you very much, would I? Probably wouldn't hang about you or spend time with you. So really start being conscious of the stories we tell ourselves, and we all have them. So self-limiting beliefs are something that if you can be, first of all, it's about raising awareness of it. Some people say things that they don't even realise how horrible they're being to themselves. They'll say things about themselves. They would never dream of saying to someone else and you don't even realise it. So the first thing we're going to do is just kind of raise awareness about the types of things that you might be saying to yourself and then how you can change that story. Now, this isn't an overnight thing. If you're someone who's generally quite horrible to themselves, you're not going to wake up tomorrow morning and be like the nicest person and your own best friend. It takes work like anything. So some examples of self-limiting beliefs would be I'm a binge eater. I can't lose weight. I'm no good at writing. I'll tell you that story in a minute. Um, I always fail. I can't do that. Weekends are harder to stay on track and I'll try. So I always say I'll try is the biggest lie. If you invite me for a night out and I say I'll try, I ain't coming. <laughs> I'm not coming. I'm telling you right now. If I ever say I'll try, I'm not coming. Because you're, you're saying you'll try, you're not saying you'll do it. So if you continually say I'm a binge eater, I'm a binge eater. So a lot of who you are and what you do is based around your identity. So if you say, I am a binge eater, therefore something terrible happened, you're upset, you have an argument with someone, I'm a binge eater. So what do binge eaters do? They go and eat a whole load of food. I can't lose weight. I can't remember if I told you guys this story before, but I had a lady who, when she came to me, she said, I can't get under 70 kilos. Just can't do it. Um, every time I get 70 kilos, the weight just goes back on. And so she had this story firmly in her head, I can't lose 70 kilos. So right enough, we started, we got 70 kilos, she went up to 71, we went back down to 70, and we just, we couldn't get under 70 kilos. So what we did is we stopped weighing her. We said, we're just not weighed for a month. And we weighed at the end of that month, she was 60, 63 kilos, I think, or 64. The thing that was stopping her was her mindset, because her belief was, I can't get under 70 kilos. So when she got to 70 kilos, she stopped trying as hard. The fuck it switch got hit a couple of times. So because her narrative and her belief and her identity was that I can't get under 70 kilos, guess what happened? She never got under 70 kilos. When she didn't know what weight she was, she got under the 70 kilos by quite a big margin. Um, I can't lose weight. 
So if your story is that I can't lose weight, what do you think your habits and behaviours are going to be? How much effort do you think you're going to put into losing weight? Um, if I said to you, turn up to work every day, um, but you're not getting paid at the end of the month, how much effort do you think you'd put into going to work? If it didn't matter whether you turned up or not. So if you think, I'm not getting the end result, so why would I track my food? Why would I go and do these extra steps? Why would I do all these things that are sometimes a pain in the ass to do? Because I'm not going to lose weight anyway. I'm no good at writing. So at school, um, I, I still don't like reading. I'll read factual books about nutrition until they come out of my ears. Um, but I don't like reading. I, don't, I wouldn't sit on the sun lounge on holiday and read a book. I buy one at the airport every time. It never gets open, gets brought home. Um, and so I was told I would never be good at writing. And then I start a semi-online business and you've got to write social media posts. I'm like, oh, I can't do that because I'm not good at writing. Turns out I'm not that bad and I actually quite enjoy it. But I was told from a very young age, you're not going to be good at writing stuff. You're not be, you'll not be good at it. So I believed that. I always fail. Same thing as I can't lose weight. I always fail. What's the point in going, if you're going to fail, why would you go all in on something? Because you're going to fail anyway. I can't do that. Probably you've all said that to me in the gym at some point. You get marched to the wall and you get made to do it. And ta-da, you can do it. Weekends are harder to stay on track. So things that people write in their check-ins, I'm not sure if one of you did it this week, but three or four a week, I always mess it up at the weekend. It's harder to stay on track on the weekend. So guess what? If that's your story, yeah, it will be harder to stay on track at the weekend because that's your story. And we've covered I'll try. So there's a heads up. If I say I'll try, I ain't coming. Um, so think about what are your self-limiting beliefs. So I'll open up the chat box because we don't want me just rabbiting on for half an hour. Um, what are your self-limiting beliefs? So I think Louise, you put some on this morning. Holly did. Just pop in a self-limiting belief that you've got. Everybody put one on because this is, like I say, if you go all in on this week and really start doubling down on the mindset part, all your actions are driven by your mindset. Everything you do will be driven by how you feel or think about it. So give me some, give me some self-limiting beliefs. My hands are so sore from being in the gym and cold, I can't pick up anything. I don't have time for myself. We've proved that wrong the last few weeks, haven't we, Lindsay? I won't be able to do it, I'll never get to my goal weight. Come on, people, help me. We'll just sit here in silence so we all do it. I can't keep Callie counting, I'm too busy. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm on my phone, so I'm just speaking. I can't <laughs> just figure talk. It out. <laughs> it's Lisa. I can't figure out my chat. That's fine. What's your self-limiting belief? As my, I can't run. I'm going to change that. Well, we'll prove you wrong in the next month. Aye, that's it. That's in the next changing. week. In fact, you've already proved yourself wrong because I passed you running yesterday. <laughs> you were running, so you can <laughs> run. Um, Marissa's saying, I have negative thoughts about everything I do, but I, but definitely that, that I don't have time. Yeah. So there's, and please nobody take this as an offence because I did this as well, but especially as mums, I think we have this, hero cape that we have to wear don't we and we have to do everything for everybody else and fuck me I don't really matter but as long as I look after the kids 
Um, as long as I have tea on the table, whatever it is, and I don't care who you are as a female with kids or even like in a partnership, females take on more of the work, whether that be the mental load, whether that be the housework, we take on more of the work. So we do have a lot more. But guess what? Your partner's got a pair of hands. There he is in the background. <laughs> um, and do you know what? My kids are a bit older. They can do some bloody stuff. But I feel guilty, for example, on, and this is ridiculous because James does not feel guilty one bit if he's sitting on his ass while I'm doing stuff. But I was obviously busy at the gym this weekend. Um, what else was happening on Sunday? There was a few things happening on Sunday and he said, oh, I'll get all the ironing and everything done. I actually felt bad about that. Like for some reason I should be doing the ironing. Isn't that terrible? And I've fought against these, these kind of stereotypes so long, but we fall into that. So we have that narrative that it should be me that does it. But we spoke about this at the start and we have like, if you are looking after your own needs and it's not screw you kids, I'm away on a, a long weekend somewhere every weekend to go to a yoga retreat every weekend. But I can go to the gym for an hour. And when the kids were really small, um, I struggled to get back in the gym because I felt like I should be at home. I didn't feel like I should be at the gym, but actually when I went and I came back, I was a much nicer mum. I was a much nicer wife. More patience. So you can think about having loads of time at home with the kids, like for those of you with young kids, and being crabby and be like, God, do I play again? Or you going off and seeing your own needs, whether that's a walk or the gym, getting a massage, like whatever it is, it doesn't have to be around the gym, but something that looks after you, you come back a much more effective, nice parent. So, yeah. So what evidence do you have for these self-limiting beliefs? So, Lindsay, we know that we can find time for ourselves. Um, Charlie, I won't be able to do it. I think um, I think you're doing it. <laughs> I think you're doing it exceptionally well. Um, I can't keep calorie counting. I'm too busy. How long do you spend on Facebook or Instagram or whatever I do? Yeah. And it's about choices, isn't it? I'm too busy, but I'll prioritise. Go and look at your screen time. I'll prioritise three hours a day on Facebook. But I can't spend five minutes tracking my food. And you're not going to be tracking your food forever. I don't currently track my food because I've done it for so long. I know what I can eat and what I can't. And I know when I've overeaten and I know when I've not eaten enough. But for you guys, I've got like, if I, I'm, I don't have a fat loss goal just now. So I don't need to be bang on the button for my cat. If I put on a pound this week, it's not a big deal. It'll come off next week. But when you're on a fat loss journey, Marissa, you have negative thoughts about everything, um, but you don't have time. That's something we'll try and change. It can be quite hard when you're automatic, and we'll do a bit on, um, we do a week on positive psychology and about how some people, certain percentage, 60%, sorry, 40% of your natural happiness is a genetic thing. It's how you're born. So, you know, you've got naturally happy people all the time, and you've got kind of, I always call them Eeyore. You've got your Eeyore types that are just like, oh, everything's crap. Um, that some of that is genetic, but we have a huge. We have forty percent of our happiness that we can we can have a, an influence on. But we'll cover that in another week. But that's something we can definitely work on. So, if have you got evidence? So we've just gone through them, and I can pretty much disprove all of them. Can you believe? Can you prove your belief to be true? So I think Louise, you put on quite a long post this morning. You know, of all the things, but then counteracted them all. 
So be very, very careful of the bullshit stories we tell ourselves. Now, some of these, so I've, I've not got time, can be a perfect excuse for not actually doing anything. Oh, I'm too busy. Can't go to the gym, I'm too busy. Are you? Or do you just not want to go to the gym? And can you rewrite that story in some way? So Louise, you did a great job of that on the group there this morning, rewriting it, saying like you've done your exams. Um, you are fit. We've proved that this week. Um, and all I can't remember the other things you put, but you basically disproved them all. And then it's rewriting that story. Now you will have some automatic dialogue. There'll be something that you say to yourself when something goes wrong. Think about think about a time when you've done something, you've made a big fuck up, you've made a mistake. And I bet you beat yourself up for days and days and days. But think about if I had made that same mistake, would you have those thoughts about me? Probably not. So it's trying to rewrite that story and a bit of self-compassion because we're horrible to ourselves. A bit of self-compassion. I um, I have never, ever, ever, ever in my life slept in, ever. And I slept in for Fuse about, it was about six weeks ago just before Christmas, I slept in. My alarm, my alarm didn't go off. Um, and normally I'm awake anyway, but I didn't. I didn't, the six o'clock class did not get done. I never got to the gym till 6.45. And I cried my eyes out. I thought I was the worst person in the world. I thought I'd let everybody down. And you know what? They were all going, nice one, come back to bed. <laughs> like nobody actually cared as much as I thought they cared. I felt horrific for days. Honestly, it was like I'd killed someone's mum or something like that. I just felt horrendous. But if that had happened, to, if that somebody else had done that, you'd probably just laugh and go, oh, for goodness sake. Even worse when I slag them all off. We're saying, oh, my alarm didn't go off. And then, <laughs> sorry, my alarm didn't go off. So it happens to everybody. But think about how you would treat someone you care about and then start treating yourself like someone you care about. There's a Henry Ford quote, you'll probably hear me say this more than once, but whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So if you think you can't lose weight, you're probably right. If you think you can, you're also right. It's all about your thoughts about it. So I love I love this quote because it's bang on. A great predictor of success is your thoughts about your ability, not ability. And there's a really about the difference between men and women applying for jobs. Men will apply for jobs that they're only a teeny bit qualified for. So there'll be the big long list of things they need to do and they'll tick one box so like, I'm applying for that. Women won't apply for it unless they, they go in every single box. They cover every single box. So men have that confidence that, you know, I can do it. I can walk in there and I can do it. And women aren't that confident. So I'm going to read it again. A great predictor of success is your thoughts on your ability, not your actual ability. So think about that when you are taking on any goal if you can take that I can and I will that's exactly where that came from I can and I will you keep bloody telling you I've now got my lovely things on the wall that says it in the background I can and I will tell yourself it over I'm going to totally indoctrinate you with it over the next 10 weeks so then if you think about your thoughts about an action then if you could change your thoughts your actions are going to be far more bang on of what you need to do. So we're talking about proactive and reactive behavior. So proactive is taking the initiative. So taking the initiative by going, actually, right, that's not true. I can't do box jumps. Well, you can't do them yet, but it doesn't mean you can't do them. It's not like humans can do that. You're a human, you can do it. 
You might need to learn the skill. You might need to get some leg strength. You might need to find a bit of confidence, but you can do it. So it means taking full responsibility for your life. Now, if you take full responsibility for your life and your actions and your decisions, it's great. So sometimes you have to suck it up and go, actually, I'm full of shit about this certain circumstance. I'm full of shit. I need to sort that. But you can also take responsibility for all the wins in it as well then. And if you're responsible for it, you can take control back. If you're reactive, you're driven by your feelings, your circumstances and conditions, or oh, don't feel like going to the gym today, or oh, it's raining, or oh, it's dark. We had a conversation with um, the other group, everyone's saying, oh, it's so much harder to get to the gym when it's dark. Is it? Or do you tell yourself that story? It takes the same amount of effort, the same amount of petrol, the same amount of energy to go to the gym, whether it's dark or light. But the story, um, it's so hard to get to the gym. And this was the narrative that was kind of going around the group. It's not. It's really not. If you tell yourself it's not, it's not. If you tell yourself it is, it is. So you're not you're not driven by your feelings about yourself. Oh, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna be able to run. So do you know what? I'm not gonna even try. I have to say, so conditions. If it's pouring rain, I don't go for a run outside. I hit the treadmill, but it doesn't matter. So I, especially in January for any gym, it's mobbed. I'm so busy. I didn't expect as many of you guys to, to sign up. Um, so we're really busy. I've got to find time for my training, no matter what. No matter what, it's important. So Saturday we had the Sims. I was in the gym at quarter to six to get my training in because no matter what, my training has to happen because I'm taking control of that. I can find pockets in the day. And yes, I'm fortunate. I own a gym and I've got the keys and I can go whenever I want. But I, I'm, I'll do that. At the weekend again, I'll have to be on Sunday, I'll have to be in the gym at five to get my training session in. But I'm going to do that because I'm going to take control of it. It's doable. I'm not saying everybody should do that. Like, I'm maybe not wired properly. But for me, that's me taking control of that. I could easily say, I can't, I've got a dance comp on Sunday in Glasgow. We need to be there for half eight. So I can miss my training on Sunday, but that will bug me. So I'm going to take control of it and do it. So think about where you can be fully proactive, fully responsible for your actions and your results at the end of it. Nobody's bringing your results to you. Sorry, did you think that's what you paid for? <laughs> Nobody's bringing your results to you. You've got to go and make it happen. That's the great thing about fitness is you can't cheat, you can't buy, um, you can't get someone else to do it for you. Yeah, get someone to do your homework for you. You've got to do the work. You've got to show up time after time. But do you know what? How bloody epic that feels. Because when you put in the hard work and you get the reward, that feels good. When things are easy, it doesn't feel as good, does it? So just have a think about where in your life you could be proactive. You're in control. I'm not going to read this all out to you, but you're in control of your behaviours. You might not think you are, but you are. Nobody has got little puppet strings on you. And yes, a lot of it comes down to thought patterns. And if we're talking about emotional eating and things like that, it can be really difficult. But if you can take a step back and stop concentrating on the actions, but sort your mindset out first, the actions take care of yourself. You've got the choice and ability to respond in any way you want that will have a positive influence in your life. You've got that power. You sometimes will feel like you don't, but you do. There's also the times where, for example, um, if I was exhausted on Sunday, I will not go to the gym at five o'clock. Got a big long day at comp. I'm like, you'll see me on Monday, like barely hanging on by a thread. So if I'm exhausted on Saturday, I won't train on Sunday morning. There's a bit of self-compassion there as well. 
but I'm going to take control of what I can, 100%. And if you do the same, one, it's super empowering, really empowering, because a lot of us feel like victims, and I know some people don't like that word, I'm not meaning it in a horrible way, but you feel like a victim to your circumstance, you're not. There's always a way. If you can't see a way, message me, and we'll figure out a way. But there is always a way. So a paradigm, which I had never heard of this word until I did Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, but it's basically a point of view on something. So the story that demonstrates it perfectly that I've used time and time again is two shoe salesmen are sent to a third world country and they're sent out and said, whoever sells the most shoes gets the job. And the first guy comes back and says, nobody wears shoes. Like, how can I sell shoes to people here? Nobody wears shoes. Everyone's barefoot. So neither of us are going to get the job because there's not a market here. And the other guy comes back and says, this is freaking amazing. Nobody wears shoes. I can sell to everybody. Not one person here has shoes. I can basically sell everybody a pair of shoes. So you can see how they both had the same circumstances, the same products, the same assignment. And they went out with two, came back with two very different points of view. One was like, oh, I give up. The other one was like, this is freaking amazing. Nobody's got shoes. Literally everybody here needs a pair of shoes. So think about how you can look at challenges and there will be many challenges. There'll be challenges in these 12 weeks and beyond because that's what life is like. You'll have circumstances, you'll doubt yourself. So we've got all the guys going for high rocks. And as we go into this last few weeks, everybody's doubting themselves. Everybody's doubting themselves. But how can you can take control of that circumstance? Mine, I'm doubting myself as well. Mine's to train even harder. I'm, I can and I will. Absolutely. And focusing on what you can control. So you've kind of got two buckets. You've got the things you can control and the things you can't control. So there's no point being raging about the fact it's raining. You can't control that. But you can do something about your actions. So could you go to the gym instead of going for a walk? Could you um, postpone your walk to when it's not raining? And being unapologetically you, I was speaking to somebody who's quite a bit younger today and I was saying it's so freeing as you get older of thinking, you know what, this is me. I make loads of mistakes in the gym. I will screw up probably on this 12-week program. But I own it. I'm not perfect. 100% not. So think about the shoe salesman when you're faced with a really difficult circumstances. How can you view it in a different way? We make a lot of assumptions about things. So you look at the box or you look at the leg press. I can't do that. How do we know? We don't know. You make assumptions all the time. And you know what? You might not be able to do it yet. So sometimes by just sticking the word yet at the end makes it into a far more manageable thing. I can't do it yet. Um, wall balls are my nemesis. I'm sure I've got to jump off the ground to get it and they just gas me. Like, But I almost see it as like my nemesis. No, I'm coming to get you. You're not getting the better of me. So that your view of the world is not always as it is. It's what, how we're either we're conditioned to see it and that can be some of your self-limiting beliefs might come from messages you had as a kid. There might be something, somebody in you. So, for example, I had eating disorder when I was in my early teens. Um, and I was told my mum was always overweight and she always said, just you wait, you'll be just like me. You'll be just like me. I was always a really skinny kid. You'll be just like me when you're older. And that message has stuck with me. So think about the things you were told. Maybe someone else has put that self-limiting belief in your in your in your head and you leaves it all this time i'm not good at writing and challenge that 
sometimes you can do it. Like imagine you're a lawyer in a court of law and you've got to prove it beyond all reasonable doubt that it's true. Yeah, it's not. The, we've got to get um, Jack Sparrow in here, haven't we? The problem is not the problem. The problem is your attitude about the problem. So same as there, nobody wearing shoes. One To one person it was a disaster, to the other person it was freaking amazing. So think about that. All right. First of all, do we have any questions or anybody want to share anything? Pop in the chat if you do. And all week in the group, the posts are all going to be around self-limiting beliefs. So we've got a whole seven days to work on this. Because like I say, it's not, a, it's not an overnight thing. It's something that we'll work on and we'll continue to work on. And I will call you if I hear you saying something negative about yourself. Just put no if you don't have any questions and then I know I'm not cutting anybody off. All right, so for the next seven days, what are your goals for the week ahead? Do you have daily goals? Do you have weekly goals? Um, I am so busy at the moment, I've gone down to daily goals because weekly just seems like a big freaking list. So I've just got the da daily goals. Um, but what are your goals for the day and the week? Do you know? Do you have a goal for the week? If you don't get a goal for the week. If you don't have a goal, it's kind of like not having the sat-nav on and going, me trying to find this dance comp on Sunday. <laughs> not a chance in hell we're getting there. Even with the sat-nav on sometimes. And why are they important? Why is it important to hit that goal this week? What does it mean if you do and what does it mean if you don't? So what are the consequences of not doing what you set out to do? And if we stick with the mindset theme, it does a lot to your mindset. It might even You might even use it as a reason to reinforce the self-limiting belief that um, well, I always fail at these things. I'm always good for two weeks and then I fail. People that say that are good for two weeks and then they start falling off because they've given kind of themselves, I'll be good for two weeks and then sack it off after that. So what are the consequences of not doing what you said you're going to do and what's possible if you do do what you say you're going to do? Start building trust in yourself as well. I have a friend who, if we arrange to go on a night out, or do anything actually, there is a 25% chance of her turning up or or 75% of her cancel, chance of her cancelling. I don't trust her to go out. So if you continually don't do what you said you're going to do, do you trust yourself? Nope. Nope, I always have a backup plan. If uh... Oh, how are you managing to draw on the screen? That's weird. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, what's possible if you do do what you're going to do and what are the consequences of not doing it? Let's think about your why. So, what is your why? What is the reason you signed up? What's the big reason? Not I want to weigh X amount or be in that dress. What's the big reason? So, I know some of you have mentioned like being there for your kids or being more active with your kids. But what's the real reason? And if you could rewrite some of the self-limiting beliefs that you have about yourself, could you connect more to that why? Could you really, really envisage it all happening? And what would rewriting your story do for your results? Be a massive change. Too dark, I'm too tired. No, it's not, let's go. Because I promised myself I would do it. 
And if you rewrite that story, what effects is it going to have on the actions you take this week? Huge impact. Massive. So spend, even if it's 10 minutes tonight, just thinking, how can I rewrite some of these stories, that these bullshit stories that we tell ourselves? I am, for High Rocks, two stations I'm really going to struggle with is the skier and the wall balls. So I made myself a workout this morning that was all skier and all wall balls. And I actually had anxiety before it because I'm not going to be able to do it. And I actually had to talk myself in, well, you can start it. I had to break it down that much. You can start it. And I smashed the session. It was a brilliant session. But beforehand, if I'd listened to the stories about oh, this is going to be awful, I'm so bad at both of these. Turns out I was bloody amazing this morning. We'll wait and see the next time I do it. But if I had listened to that story and I basically turned it around to make it like a bit like an enemy. Like, no, fuck you. <laughs> I'm coming for you wall balls. And it works. But if I'd listened to that story, think how it would have affected my my actions or my performance. I'm crap at wall balls. Well, then, if you think that, then yeah. All right, nothing changes if nothing changes. You can and you will. I need you, especially this week. I can and I will. I can and I will. You just keep saying that to yourself. Cora, when she was tiny, wouldn't jump in the pool. And every week it was a big drama at swimming lessons. And, and so we had a chat and I was like, right, you just tell yourself I can and I will. And I watched her stand outside the pool going, I can and I will. And then she jumped in. So if she can do it, so can you. Jump in the pool. I can and I will. So we'll have some big epiphanies this week. Right, any questions about anything at all? Um, some of you haven't checked in. Now that is absolutely fine if everything is going swimmingly this week. However, if, the, if you've got any questions, if you've had any little blips or anything like that, you need to check in. Every single one of you, one of the, the things that stood out to you to come onto this programme would be accountability. So check in. If you've had a great week and there's nothing worth writing and you're busy and you don't want to fill in the check-in, totally fine. I can't say there'll be stuff worth writing. But if you don't need any help or coaching from me, fine. If you do, do your check-in. Anybody got any questions about anything at all? About the week ahead, about nutrition, training, anything? And I'll let you all get on with your evening. That's, that's fine, Marissa. Like, people are busy. I don't expect you to have it bang on the button every week. I get it. I just, when people don't check in, sometimes I just need to check that they're not not checking in because they've not had a great week and they don't want to tell me. But that's fine. I've got you checking. That's all good. Perfect. So, I think Gemma is, is Gemma on this call, actually? I don't think she is. No. Um... I think she was going to keep doing the walks on a Sunday. I am now at dance comps forevermore for the next four Sundays. So I am out on a Sunday. Um, so who is Jelly Belly? I don't know who Jelly Belly is. And for a start, you need to change that name. <laughs> oh, Gillian. Um, you're going away for a few days. Um, how will you manage calories? So you've got a couple of options. Depending on where you go in and whether you've got control of food or not, if you're only away for a few days, my normal advice is go away and enjoy it, but don't kick the arse out of it. That's that's my normal advice. And then we can get back to work when you come back. So if you let's say you're going away on Friday, for example, you could this week for the next three, four days, cut back 100 calories or so, which you won't notice, but it banks a few calories. Um, 
it's up to you. So it's kind of like the socializing thing. Like if you think, I just want to go and enjoy this, go and enjoy it. We can get to work on the other side. If you still want to stay on track, then it's a case of making the best choices you can. Um, and then we'll reassess when you get back and potentially we can, so we'll bank some calories before you go and then we can try and pay some calories when you come back. But that is how I would manage it. It really depends on what the, the weekend is and and how much you want to enjoy it or how much you want to stay on track. But that's how I would approach it. But if you need anything, um, you're going to be walking. So you'll be you'll be getting the steps in. But yeah, if you depend on just make good choices, but enjoy it. If you're going away for a few days and you pay money to go away, obviously go and bloody enjoy it. So it'll happen again and, and nothing's irreversible. If you put on five pounds, we can take that five pounds off. You won't put on five pounds. But if that was the case, it's easy enough to get rid of as well. Anybody else? You're welcome. Any more for any more? Nope. All right, I will leave you all to it. Keep in contact, keep commenting in the Facebook group um, and anything you need, you just all give me a shout. But thank you very much for coming along this evening um, and I'll see you at the gym, hopefully during the week. See you later. Bye.